Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hit expand this button. We are live. I'm pressing got it. Never get to go. Hello. How are you, my friends? Hello, can you hear me? Can I hear you? Oh, yeah, can you hear me? Oh, yes, I can hear you totally. <laughs> um, Dr. Sean Rice, everybody, um, we are going to break down. We're going to have a conversation about uh, weight loss and skin and what you can do. A really frank, honest conversation. I have a whole list of all the questions you guys oh. have been asking me to ask him. Uh -oh. <laughs> Sean is not only a renowned plastic surgeon, he's just an all-around great guy. I've known him for years. I used to write for his magazines. I've seen him about my own skincare issues. If I was going to do anything and anything at all with my body, you are the person that I would go to. Also just a wealth of information and uh, just thank you for taking the time today. And welcome, welcome. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. I always love doing this podcast. It's so much fun. Okay, so um, maybe just to introduce, we have a lot of new members, um, you know, every group, half of our members. So you got about 10, 15,000 people who um, nice. first time seeing you. We had 25,000 people in the group. So maybe just a little quick introduction about yourself, uh, just a little bit about who you are and how amazing you are. Yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. Uh, not much to really say. Uh, I'm a plastic surgeon. Uh, I'm the chief of plastic surgery at North York uh, General Hospital. I'm just broadcasting this morning from Hamam Spa. So I'm the medical director here at Hamam. So uh, I'm at the Baby Village site. We also have the King Street Portland site. Uh, lots of things I teach internationally. I lecture internationally on anatomy and injectables and, and uh, do a lot of international training on buttock augmentation. Uh, came up with the uh, liquid butt lift. So there's lots of stuff on the go. Yeah, you, we are, but basically what that means is we are really, really, really lucky to have him. Um, let, I know you, I also know your time is precious. So let's get right into this nope, today. Sure. We're talk about um, skin. As you know, people have been losing weight in all the healthiest of ways. Um, you know, some people have not just lost weight and healthy with my program. They've lost, done a lot of diets, lost a lot of weight, gained it back, lost and gained. Uh, you know, are dealing with loose skin. So let's talk about skin and weight loss. And let's start first start with, what can you do to prevent excess skin, right? Like before losing, after losing, like let's have, or maybe let's start with a conversation about skin in general. What, what is yeah. it that you want us to know about your skin? So, uh, well, okay. How do we answer all these <laughs> questions then? <laughs> it's like my wife, how about this? How about that? How about that? So I would say, uh, first of all, a couple of things about your skin in general. Yes. Just remember your skin is really, nobody ever thinks of this, but your skin's really the biggest organ that you have in yeah. your body, right? And it's really a physical barrier between the outside world and let's call it the inside world. Mm -hmm. So some things that you put on your skin, um, keep in the back of your mind that that can penetrate uh, through your skin and into your body and go out through your system. So people never really associate that with their skin, but that's something you need to be aware of for sure down the road. Yeah. In, in regards to weight loss, I mean, we, oh my God, I see so many people with, you know, massive weight loss that have had surgery for stuff, people that haven't had surgery. You know, if you're, if you want to keep your skin sort of subtle and uh, are supple and you want to keep from getting stretch marks. I mean, when you lose weight, stretch marks are kind of the, the thing that everybody wants to avoid. I would say you have to lose weight in a controlled manner. Like don't do drastic weight loss because then for sure your skin just can't handle that. You yeah. want it in a controlled manner and you kind of want to, I mean, it may sound kind of stupid, but you sort of want to prevent stretch marks before they happen. So just make sure that, you know, if you're putting on weight or you're losing, if you're pregnant, things like that, make sure you put lots of moisturizer on your skin because those little stretch marks that we call them striae for, for, you know, medical terms, those little stretch marks are really an indication of the dermis, sort of the thicker layer of the skin that gets sort of stretched. And then when that doesn't come back together again, you get those stretch marks. And no matter what you do, you can't force the skin to tighten those stretch marks. There's lots of gadgets on the market to help you with stretch marks. But once you've got a stretch mark, it's kind of a telltale sign that the skin has sort of lost part of its elasticity. 
Okay, so what about healthy skin in general? So we, we obviously we're all about being super healthy on program and plan. We're even taking supplements, but you know, besides eating healthy, um, you know, putting stuff on your skin, is there something to be said about the kind of like, let's talk about body skin. We'll get into face and stuff that down the road, but um, like, is there, is there certain ingredients that we want to look for in products or, you know, things that we want to shy away from? Obviously I would assume that you're going to say that sun care, sun care is really important. Like what yeah. breaks down our skin? And you know, yeah, it's another loaded question. 15 questions in a month. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Sorry. I okay, hold on. Remember, let's see if I can remember question one. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, your advice for um, having healthy skin. Yeah, so having healthy skin, one, uh, first of all, um, sunscreen is kind of the number one. You know, if, you're, if there's a couple of things you want to do to ruin your skin is uh, overexposure to the sun. So lots of sunscreen and smoking is probably the other, you know, most common one. So if you can avoid both of those, then you'll do quite well. You know, the, the sun, it, there's lots of different forms of sunscreen too, right? There's physical sun, sunscreen, there's chemical sunscreen, there's sunscreen that goes for UVA, sunscreen that goes for UVB, nothing really covers UVC, but that's kind of, you know, outside of the realm of stuff. So if you think of um, uh, what type of sunscreen you want to put on your body, chemical versus physical, if you remember that your, your skin going back to is the biggest organ that you have. So a lot of people would argue you should stay away or shy away from putting excessive chemical sunscreens on because chemical sunscreens will penetrate into your skin and what they do is a chemical sunscreen penetrates into your skin as the sun's rays come into your skin it absorbs the heat and dissipates out the heat and that's how it sort of controls for sunburns and stuff like that but you also have to remember a lot of that chemicals going into your system as well right whereas a physical sunscreen will sort of sit on the top of your skin and then it'll bounce back off so as the sun hits it it'll bounce off and that's how sort of physical uh, sunscreens work but then you get into things like sports creams like if you're exercising or you're swimming you probably want to be a little bit more on the chemical side because you need that to be absorbed into your skin so that you're constantly if you're swimming or you're exercising you're sweating you're not just sweating off all your sunscreen so would you say that any kind of sunscreen is better than no kind of sunscreen yeah i, I would say for sure don't get caught up too much on the hysterics of SPF, right? So, you know, like uh, SPF is really the skin protection factor. Uh, so it's it's an indication of how long it would take your skin to burn without sunscreen. Okay. So an SPF of 30 versus 50 is supposed to tell you it's 30 times longer versus 50 times longer to burn, but that's not really the case. In reality, the amount of uh, protection you're getting between going from 30 to 50 to 60 is is not what you think like it's not doubling it's only going up a very small percentage okay. so as, as long as you have something like an SPF 30 and you reapply it all the time people think oh I put on an SPF 60 I just put it on once and I don't need to worry about it which is not the case right if you're like me like I'm a I'm a pale Irishman I just step out from under the tree and I go red and two seconds right and, and everywhere I put on sunscreen that's the second the first spot I miss at night I'm like oh my god my armpits all red everything is burned so if you're like me just you need to reapply it and if you read the manual on sunscreen it's almost about the size of a golf ball about every four to five hours is what you need to, to put on so I was just going to ask what like what skin what sunscreen do you use? Do you buy it at Shoppers or do you get some specialty one that you bring in? Like what wh which one? You know, I have uh, I've got really irritable skin, so I can eat. I get a lot of um, I don't know heat rashes or whatever you want to call them from some sun from sun sunscreens. I okay. tend to use a lot of the medical based ones because they just are not irritating for my skin. I use a lot of uh, SkinCeuticals ones, got a nice SPF. I'm, I'm not a big fan personally. Uh, people that know me are not a big fan of the tinted. I just find that tinted gets all over my clothes, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and it just looks odd. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm religious because I, 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 a lot of times forget to put it on, but I try to put it on as much as I can. Okay, so let's talk about that then, because I use the SkinCeuticals. It's a great. Uh, we're giving away some of the C. Frulic actually in one of my days. Um, but I use um, a SkinCeuticals. I use the tinted, but just for my face. Now, would you suggest, you know, what you use for your face? It should be different from your body. 
No, I think as long as you're using something is better than nothing. Yeah. Um, sometimes for the body ones, some of the spray can ones work pretty good too, because, you know, like get the back and stuff like that. So, um, I, I would think as long as you're wearing something, it's probably better than nothing. Well, it okay. is better than nothing. Okay. So a lot of, a lot of talk about sunscreen, but you know, it's one of the most important things you can do just for your skin health in general and prevent any skin issues moving forward. So important conversation. Now let's talk about when someone loses weight, right? Cause people are losing a lot of weight. How much time should they wait? Cause I, you know, we, we see people who will lose weight and then say lose 60 pounds and then stop losing. And then three months later, people will comment on how much more weight they've lost because their, their weight has had time to settle their skins, you know, regenerating around, regenerating around their new frame, you know, given time, there's a lot that can be done in terms of, you know, improving how your skin looks, but like how long should people wait before they even consider uh, doing something surgical? That's a good question. There's so many parts to that question. So I would say, um, this, I'll, tell, I'll just tell you kind of what I tell people in consultation, right? Sure. Yeah. So what I would say is um, never do anything on the extremes. The, uh, so never do anything like, oh my God, I just put on a hundred pounds or, or, or 48 kilos, I should be saying, or, oh my God, I just lost 48 kilos, right? Because in reality, uh, and we all know, everybody struggles with their weight and everything. We all know that that you're, you're, you're very rarely going to maintain that level over a period of time. So I always tell people do it, like give it about three months. So let's say I've gone from, um, you know, 160 pounds to 110 pounds or something, just, just as an example. So I say, give it at least three months to sort of stay at that weight. It gives the skin some time to retract itself. It gives everything a bit of ability to sort of say, yes, this is where I'm going to stay at, or maybe I'm going to lose another 10 pounds. Hmm. So if you, if you did something, let's say you had lots of skin, you did something like a tummy tuck and you lost 10 pounds, you would even get a better result. But if you did the tummy tuck and you put on 10 pounds, you would lose a lot of the aesthetic result of it. So um, make sure you're just at a, at a point in your life where you know, I'm comfortable, this is the way I'm going to be at, whatever that weight happens to be, and then kind of work around that. Right, so give the body time. So after someone's lost a lot of weight on the program, give, your, give yourself three months, six months, whatever that might yep. be, create some stability, make sure you're maintaining for a while, and then assess your situation. Yeah, because everybody's situation can change, right? And everybody's you know, job situation, yeah. relationship situation, everything changes. You just got to make sure that you're sort of maintained on that level. Okay. So what, so say someone decides to get surgery, do something about their skin. What are their options for loose skin? What can they do? So um, the option, I always break up and again, I'll just sort of kind of do what I, I do in a consultation. So if you think of, if you think of two ends of the spectrum, right? So you've got um, surgical on one side and you've got non-surgical on the other side. So, and that really just depends on which one's going to work for you depends on two things, the quality of your skin. If you've got a ton of stretch marks and you've got lots of loose and hanging skin, then a lot of the non-surgicals really aren't going to do much for you. So once you're based on the quality of the skin, then you can decide, I'm going to do surgical, I'm going to do non-surgical. So do you want to talk about non-surgical first? Let's talk, yeah, sure. Let's talk about all yeah. of it. You can choose which one we're going to talk first. Yeah. yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. so let's say non-surgical. So non-surgical is really, if you don't have, let's say, let's say you've lost a lot of weight on your arms, right? Trying to find my camera there. So let's say you lost a lot of weight on, my guns are too big to fit on the camera. <laughs> so if you've lost a lot of, uh, of hanging skin, let's say bat wing that we all sort of talk about, right? So, so really most of the non-surgical things aren't really going to work for that. They're going to, uh, you have to go down the surgical route. Yeah. The non-surgical, there's a thousand different non-surgical, like literally a thousand machines on the market. And they're really based on um, the skin tightening machines. Most of them are based on a radio frequency. Okay. So uh, radio frequency is just a, a way uh, to control heat. So you, the, all of them are based around the principle of heat. So if you're trying to tighten up your skin, in order to tighten the skin, you need to raise the temperature of the skin between about 42 to about 46 degrees Celsius for an extended period of time. If you go below that, then you're wasting your time and your effort. You're not gonna get any skin tightening. If you go above that, you have a very high risk of creating a burn, 
to the skin. So one, you have to make sure that whoever's doing your procedure knows those parameters, knows that the machine can fall within those parameters. And then um, there's lots of things for skin tightening. We use, um, uh, here at Hamam, we use um, sculpture, which is, um, I've done it on my love handles. It's great for like muffin tops and stuff like that. Um, and it'll help to melt a little bit of fat. You need to do a couple of sessions a few weeks apart. You can melt about maybe, or you can get rid of, you can't really say melt because that's a medical term or technical term, but you're kind of, you're kind of getting rid of, let's call it maybe 20% of uh, fat in those love handles, 30% of fat in those love handles. If you've, if you've got, and I see this all the time with women that um, they've, or they're finished having kids and then all of a sudden they become bodybuilders and they become like semi-pro bodybuilders and they've got sort of, uh, say, hanging skin below a C-section or they just got wrinkly skin around the belly button. We use um, Flexure is a new one on the market. It's made by Sinusure. If you've ever had surgery, they put a, an electrical pad on your, on your body, on your leg or your arm, and that's a grounding pad. They've turned the grounding pad into an RF, into a radio frequency um, pad that you put over top of whatever area you want to tighten the skin. And the pad, we just move the pad every 15 minutes. And you do a series of those and it's, it works amazing for tightening the skin. Okay. But you have to have no stretch marks and stuff like that kind of a thing. Um, and that will help to control because we can control the temperature uh, for an extended period of time in a given area. And that's really what you need to tighten the skin from a non-surgical point of view. And then the surgery you get into, I mean, wait, that wait, really- let's, let's, let's take a minute and talk about the non-surgical because that shit really sure. works. Like it doesn't, like, I know you wouldn't say it works if it doesn't work, but like, to what extent, like, can someone use it to lose 60 pounds or is it just no. like, okay. No, don't think of it as a weight loss. So even things like even things like tummy tuck or liposuction, don't ever think of any of those as a weight loss. Um, it's got nothing to do with your weight. Absolutely nothing. You that's, can remove you can remove an entire abdomen and it only weighs three kilograms, right? You can take off five liters of fat and liposuction and fat floats. So you're really not losing any weight per se. You have to think of those as a contouring um, procedure, not a weight loss procedure so huge what you just said that is so you guys hearing that that's so huge because i think a lot of people that's why we're having this real frank conversation when it comes to weight loss i think well i'm just going to get this done or i'm going to get that done and that's how i'm going to lose my weight and really that's really not it yeah you can't rely and i see it all the time like and i mean all the time you can't rely on a let's just use a tummy tuck as an example, because it's probably the one that most people know. You can't rely on a tummy tuck as a weight loss program. When you do that and you don't change your lifestyle, then you just put the weight right back on again in six months and it's and you've just wasted a whole bunch of money. Well, that's like liposuction. I mean, if people want to get it, that's their own choice. But, you know, I've worked with people before when I was a personal trainer and then when they get liposuction in certain areas, which is great. And then if they gain weight back again, because they've done nothing to change anything, it comes back, but like in weird spots, sure. spots they yeah. still have fat. Yeah. So what happens with, uh, it doesn't matter if it's liposuction or it's a tummy tuck or whatever it is. So you've created this new body shape, right? So you've created the new shape and then you're going to put on weight. You're, that new shape is going to expand and contract. So people always think, you know, I got liposuction in my abdomen and I put on some pounds and oh my God, my rear end got bigger, right? <clears throat> but that's really just an optical illusion. What it is, is your whole body got bigger. It's just that your abdomen did, you've created this new contour and your abdomen has maintained that contour just that it's bigger. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. That's so huge. Okay. So, so things like cool sculpting, is that what you're talking about? Like non-surgical yeah. like, and then, and then yeah. what's the downside of that? Like we saw Linda Evangelista last year. Remember she said she did it, or I don't know if it's, yeah. there's different, first of all, you get what you pay for. So you have to be mindful, right. right? There's, there's certain um, techniques that obviously you use the best of the best. You, if you know, you, if you cheap out and go find someone, it's probably, if it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be true. And, and the stuff that right. you <clears throat> Um, you know, that's obviously not for losing a lot of weight. That's really like maybe some problem areas. Like let's just mm -hmm. people, like certain areas, like maybe you had the baby and you can't get rid of this last little bit. You've lost 60 pounds. And is that what that would be used for? Yeah. So I would say, think of those machines, whether, you know, the, the three popular ones would probably be um, uh, sculpture, cool sculpting. Uh, another popular one is vanquish. 
And then kind of the M sculptor, which is kind of a bit to the side. It's a little bit of a different sort of technology, but those, they approach um, getting rid of fat in different techniques, but in reality, the results are probably extremely similar between the three of them. Um, The Evangelista one was, there is, um, there is a, a very rare phenomenon, but a true phenomenon where somebody can get a rebound. So you think that, you know, the, the point was to lose your love handles and the body kind of does this weird mechanism where it actually expands it rather than losing it. It's extremely rare, but not unheard of for sure. Yeah. And so maybe like, you know, for, if you don't have a lot, maybe just, you know, work on toning, go to the gym, see what you can do before, yeah. before you know, even non-surgical can be pretty extreme, I guess, is what you're kind of trying right. to Right. So those, so, you know, cool sculpting works by sort of um, freezing, let's call it for a lack of a better word, and sculpture works by melting. Um, but you also have to remember that you need a, you need, I'm just trying to see the camera, there you go. You need a good, um, you need about a, pinch an inch for those machines to really work so if you've just got loose skin and no fat then those machines aren't going to do much then you got to go to something like the flexure where it's just the pad that you put on over top to tighten the skin if you're looking a little bit of fatty component then those other machines will work but if you don't have the fatty component they're really not going to work so that's really interesting. So there's a difference between getting rid of a little bit of fat and then skin tightening. They're two totally different things. Cause I do them as once. So they're two totally different things. Yeah. And then the skin tightening, like how much is that going to work? Like in how long, how many sessions, for example, I know there's a bunch of different techniques that you can use, but yep. what would the investment in that say, you, say you got, you know, I don't know, some, some, you know, on your arm here, it's like just yep. loose skin or you're on your belly, loose skin. Like how many sessions are we talking about? What would, you know, how much would something like that cost? I know there's a lot of variables to that, but just. Yeah, for sure. I would say, you know, the general person is probably looking at around three to five sessions okay. uh, to kind of get the skin tight and then you have to maintain it. So everybody's maintenance is a little bit different. Okay. It would be, let's say you got to maintain it two to three times a year. Okay. Sorry, I got the hiccups today. You got to maintain about two to three times a year. And then, um, you know, there's obviously a cost associated with that. What the cost is, oh my God, I'm going to tell you, I'm so bad at costing things. Um, uh, oh my God, I'm going to tell you a cost and it's going to be completely wrong. Well, you it's, could have people assess costs. You're just a, yeah, yeah, you know, honest to God, I, I, yeah. I couldn't even tell you what the cost would be. It's yeah. a couple of grand for sure. Okay. And then it's a matter of, let's say, $500 of treatment to maintain it, something like that, okay. depending All on right. the machine. Okay. What's the difference between a tummy tuck and skin removal? That's a good one. So how much time they got for that? This is where we, this is where we get into the technical I know, things. Okay. You're, the busy, you're the busy one. No. <clears throat> okay. So, so think of a tummy tuck as this. A tummy tuck, you're really recontouring the entire abdomen. So in a tummy tuck, you're tying, so in the inside of your abdomen from, I'm talking about, let's just talk about women. So from the top of your, from the bottom of your breast to about the top of the pubic hairline, everybody has these two muscles that run down there called the rectus muscles, right? And then with what happens is with childbirth, a lot of times those muscles start to come apart like this. And then you get what we call in medicine, a rectus diastasis. And that's where you you cut like a barrel, I call it like a barrel belly. Like you kind of- Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. So you so you stand up and you relax your muscles and all of a sudden it looks like you're pregnant, Yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. And then you contract your muscles and you're, you're back to being flat again. Yeah. So if that's the case, if you're doing skin removal only, then, you're, then that's still what it's going to look like afterwards. Mm. So a tummy tuck would be removing skin. So you remove the skin from about the level of the pubic hair to on top of the belly button. So that's about the area that would get removed. The top of the belly button now gets moved to the top of the pubic hairline. And then where the belly button was before, we make a little hole, pull the belly button out and sew it back into place. Oh, you kind of pull it down and then you make a new belly button. Right, and then you make a new belly button. And that would be a tummy tuck okay uh, and then what you're taking uh, or sorry that would just be the skin removal part of it okay but the problem is if you did that and you stood up you there's a good chance you're just going to look like you're pregnant again because yeah. uh, the muscles are weak so what we do is we we tie those muscles back together again and by doing that that flattens down the abdomen 
And then with the tummy tuck, we do a lot of uh, liposuction on the sides to sort of contour out the area. So you're getting a lot of uh, contouring, um, fat removal, tightening of the muscle with a tummy tuck compared to just skin removal. Skin removal, we do, I do a lot of them for uh, bodybuilders and stuff. They are women just below their C-section. They got a lot of sort of hanging skin and we can remove sometimes to keep the scar really low. If, if they don't have a lot of skin up above their belly button, then we can do a little skin removal at the bottom and, and that works pretty good for certain people. Yeah, because there's a lot of us moms out there, and that's that's happened where you know it's they're walking around and know all the abs and weight loss in the world isn't going to help that, and that's what they might that's when they might not actually need some surgical intervention then. Yeah, and sometimes people just got like a big wrinkly ball of skin around, say their belly button, yeah, right, and they're trying to get rid of that. That's when those sort of external flexures and those and the radio frequency uh, control machines can come into play to help with that. Okay. Now, is any of this covered by, in, in Canada here, we have, oh, it's called OHIP. Um, is any of that covered by OHIP? No, no, none of it would be covered by OHIP. Even tummy tucks are, are not covered by OHIP. The only thing that would be potentially covered by OHIP is what's called a paniculectomy. So there's a big difference between a tummy tuck and a paniculectomy. Paniculectomy just means that if you stand up to the side, think of skin from the pubic hairline to the bottom of your belly button, you're just sort of taking a swatch of skin and cutting that off. So that would be for somebody who had like skin, like they have like a, a what we call a panis, like a whole bunch of skin that sort of hangs down to their knees or something. You had yeah. special approval from OHIP, but I would say very rarely, generally has to be done by a bariatric surgeon. Okay. Um, so that 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 is uh, totally different than saying the tummy tuck would be. Okay. Um... Where can we go? Uh, where, oh, we've probably covered a lot already. All those millions. Oh boy, I can go home now. <laughs> we've covered a lot about that. How much those, so how much would a procedure or something like that cost then if it's not covered by OHIP? I would say you're looking for the tummy tuck. You're probably looking in the 10,000 and up range, somewhere around that. Wow. Okay. Because you also have to remember it, you have to include anesthesia, you're going to include the nurses, you include all the drugs, uh, you need an operating room. So you're probably looking in that range and above. Okay. And what about the risk? What would the risk of that? Like someone's considering that, what would the risk be? So the, so lots of things you need to be aware of. Obviously it's quite big surgery, yeah. uh, specifically to the tummy tuck. So, so a lot of, uh, all surgeries have um, general risks and specific risks. So general risks for any surgery would be things like infection, bleeding, um, uh, scars, hypertrophic scars. You can't really control a scar. Like you can do the same procedure a thousand times over. Some people get ugly looking scars. Some people get great looking scars. Thousands of factors into why people scar, why people don't. Yeah. Um, and then you get into things that are specific. Uh, to tummy tucks. So things specific to tummy tucks are tummy tuck does put you at a little bit of increased risk of developing blood clots to the legs. Um, and it's generally from the length of the, of the surgery. So generally tummy tuck takes about two hours, let's say, give or take a little tiny bit. It's generally, um, so um, that does predispose you to potentially getting blood clots to the legs. So what almost every surgeon I know uses a, uh, on your legs called a sequential compression device. It's a pneumatic tourniquet that goes on your legs and it, it squishes like this every every 10 seconds or so to mimic like you're walking so the blood doesn't sit there stagnant. Yeah. Um, if you've had previous surgeries, let's say you've had um, C-sections, sometimes you can have small little hernias that are there and we see them all the time and I fix them all the time. So, and when you fix a hernia, there's a risk of injuring bowel. When you tie the muscle back together and there's a risk of injuring bowel, never had it any major complication happen, but uh, it's, there are risks, definitely. You know, you also have got to be prepared for about the six week recovery time. So no sit-ups yeah. and no going to the gym for six weeks kind of a thing. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to ask recovery time on that. Um, so let's go back to uh, skincare, um, organic or natural. Like, does right. it, can you just use like, yeah, like, does it matter? I think it just comes down to, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, there's, there's, you know, the organic versus natural debate. I mean, there's a lot of things that are natural that work well. 
there's a lot of things that are natural that don't work well. And the same thing with the chemical side, right? So I think you just have to find your own philosophy. Am I a, a naturalist versus a non-naturalist, let's say, and find one that actually works. Um, it's, I wouldn't get caught up too much on a lot of the, the minute. So a lot of times people will put stuff into products that aren't necessarily um, active ingredients. So it has to be over 1% of the product for it to be an active ingredient. So a lot of times people will put a thousand things in, into a product, but they're not really active ingredients. It's only 0.1% of the product, but that means they're allowed to say that it's in there, but it really doesn't do much. It just means that it's in there kind of a thing. Okay. Um, I got, I got lots of questions coming up about crepey skin and cellulite and stretch marks sure. and, curls and stuff like that. Let's talk about like, let's just, since we're talking about creams, let's talk about face stuff. Like, you know, I know a big fan, like what can actually make a difference in terms of our like face skincare wrinkles? Like, are there creams that actually can make a difference? I know I use that C Frulic. Like I, yes. I, I love that. Um, I love the SkinCeuticals line. I notice an actual difference. I, I, you know, I don't get paid to promote anything. We're not getting paid to promote anything here. Um, it's just a product that I think I got from you that has made a huge difference and I swear by it. But are there actually things that we can put on our skin, our face that can make a difference with our wrinkles and like- Yeah, completely. Yeah, for sure. I think if you're, if you are looking for, I mean, again, it kind of looks like, do you, do you want to be a big complicated sort of regime or are you looking for a simple regime, right? I would say uh, most people are looking for something that's simple. So you want a good um, cleanser uh, for your skin. You want a good uh, moisturizer. You want a good uh, vitamin C and sunscreen. So if you can think of those four things, then that's probably will cover. Then you can get into things like retinol and stuff like that to help yeah. uh, turn over your skin. Yeah. So you, you can get into very complicated regimes. You can get into very simple. The simple ones I would say were those four things. When you start getting into complicated things like a retinol, so retinol is like a vitamin A. So think of, think of, I mean, it's a very simplistic way of, of looking at it. And I know the dermatologists are going to like pull their hair out, you know, going, oh my God. But if you okay. think of, think of vitamin C as protecting your skin okay. and, and think of retinol as turning over your skin. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. So retinol is going to penetrate down into your skin. It's a vitamin uh, product. It's going to penetrate down into your skin. It's going to sort of stimulate collagen um, reproduction. And that's where you get the sort of flakiness, the dryness and the exfoliating you can get with some of the retinols. Yeah. Um, whereas vitamin C is really going to protect it on the surface and help with the stimulation of collagen, but not to the level that a retinol would. So can, and when you talk retinol, are you talking about like me, you're going to have, I go to see you, you've got a good quality retinol product. Are you talking what we can buy at Shoppers Drug Mart or a pharmacy? Like are those, is there enough retinol in those products to actually make a difference or is it waste of money and we should really invest in like a really high quality, like medical grade product? Like, yeah, I would say here, SkinCeuticals has a, a, a three levels, a 0.1, a 0.3 and a 0.5, if I remember correctly, of retinol. <laughs> sorry so i would say you need to retinol retinol is one of those things i really think you should have somebody help you with retinol and help you do it properly and not that it's a rocket science thing to do but it's a it's very irritating so generally what we do is you want to start low you want to start with say a 0.1 retinol and it's not something you want to start applying every single night Right. You need to get your skin used to it because you can get really red. You can get irritated. And when people get red and irritated and dry skin, they're like, oh, screw this. I'm not using that anymore. Right. Yeah. Uh, so what you want to do is you want to start off at like, you know, maybe even if it's once a week and then you go to twice a week, then you go to three times a week and then you go from point one to point three to point five. So you kind of have to sort of build up. Just don't jump in and dive off the deep end because you'll be very sorry that you did. Yeah, so when I was um, when I was when I'm in grade ten, because that's when I went on an exchange to Quebec, and my I had bad acne, and so my mom. This was when retinol first came out, and it was right. uh, it wasn't even a cream; it was an oil, like an ointment type of thing. And so she sent me off to Quebec with this ointment for my my acne, and so I would put it on. And then literally it burned my face off. And then I would put like cream over top of it. Like chunks of my skin were falling yes. off. 
like yes. chunks of my skin were falling off. But man, yeah. by the time I came back and I stuck with it because they told me it was going to get worse before it got better. But it had like, I don't know what burned my whole face off, but in the best way. Because when I came back, I remember a carry lotion. I was using retinol. Crazy right. Lotion. Totally. I came back. My skin, first of all, was whiter than white. And I had like baby fresh skin. It was amazing. I do not recommend it. Right. But I would imagine since then the retinol creams have gone a long way. And it was not, it was not fun. I, I look like a monster, like literally. Yeah. And that's the thing. Think of retinol as an exfoliate, an exfoliating agent almost, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's helping to turn over everything and get rid of, you know, they get like a lizard or a snake, just keep peeling skin off your that's face. That's what but, it was like. But hey, listen, that's what you got to do, kind of a thing, right? So um, and and it does really work, but just it's one of those products that I think you really should have uh, somebody help you along with it. Okay. Now I want to talk about jowls because you really help sure. me with this. And I know when people lose weight, women especially worried about that. And it's got to be, it's got to be six or seven years. Remember I got the, yes. the skin where you poked a bunch of holes in my face. Yes. Like, so, so uh, Sean is, he's always on shows like ET Canada and those, you know, TV shows and stuff, always doing stuff like that. And um, so I, was a, not a guinea pig, but I was on Entertainment Tonight Canada and Sean did these procedures on my face. I swear I'm still reaping the benefits of them. And one was that I was worried about the jowls and then of course yeah. the eyes. And yeah. then you came along and it was under some machine and you poked a bunch of holes in my face and then it yeah. created the collagen or what was that? That was amazing. Yeah. So we did uh, for you, we did, um, uh, now they call it smart skin, it used to be called smart side dot. Okay. It's a CO2 laser. So what happens with the, the, and again, it's all about heat, right? Okay. So what happens with the CO2 laser, so you can do, uh, we use what's called fractionated. Yes, that's the word. So, that. so what happens is, is that um, lasers will penetrate the skin and basically just obliterate whatever's in their way, right? Mm -hmm. So the older technique that a lot of people use was called um, totally ablative. So if you think of, if you think of a one inch, Let's just assume you got a one inch uh, layer of skin, right? Or here, let me do it this way. Can you see if I draw it on here? Can you see that? Yeah. Yep. Probably not, right? I can do it backwards. Yeah, we can see. Okay. It. So here's your skin, right? Like that. Let's see. Yep. Can you see that? Yeah, two Probably lines. Yeah, two lines. Yep. Okay. So what happens is if you fully ablative, you're just wiping out the top layer of skin. And that's kind of the older technique we do with uh, CO2 lasers in the past are, um, are a lot of the chemical peels in the past. Yep. So you basically obliterate the top layer of the skin. It looks like a baby's bottom afterwards, but it looks like you've been in a house fire for a couple of days and you look terrible and you don't yep. want to go out of the house and you're like, oh my God, right? What happened? Yeah. Yep. So then what happened was, the, and the problem with this is it's very hard to control the depth. So if you went down really far, you could create a full thickness burn to the skin. And you've seen that in some um, some people, they're, like their mouth is all white and the rest of their face is a different color kind of a thing. Yes. So they came out with fractionated and fractionated pokes a thousand little holes in there, but leaves the normal skin behind. Okay. So we poke a thousand holes, we leave the normal skin behind. You don't have to worry about the full thickness burn. And mm -hmm. what happens is, is that the normal skin helps the other skin regenerate and you recover very quickly. And that's what we did for you. So what happens is the laser goes into the skin, creates a hole, then we can control how long the laser sits there for, and we can control how much heat the laser produces. So the longer it sits there for, it's called the dwell. It just means the hotter it gets, and the hotter it gets, the more it contracts the skin like that. But the problem is if it's super hot, you're gonna create a burn, and now you're in a big problem. So that's where you need somebody who knows how to regulate lasers properly going back and forth. So what happens is when you've got a little bit of loose skin, a little bit of laxity around the jowls, you can do a series of those treatments and that will help to tighten up the skin. That'll help with gels and things like that. Yeah. Okay. What about this? I know this is the, the, uh, the chick, the turkey waddle thing. Yes. Do things. What about yeah. yoga? Does face yoga, face yoga, do anything? Yeah. Like, no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. No, no, <laughs> I don't think it doesn't make any. It's never made any sense. I mean, maybe somebody can tell me that you know what the science behind it is, but it doesn't make any like to me. You're sort of just stretching everything out. Well, and that's no. not going to help. That's not going to. No, get it's not going to help. Lot. No, okay. no. We do a lot of. Um, you can do some non-surgical. We do a lot of uh, the same thing. The 
the uh, temperature one, the flexure one, sorry, that we have, that the little pad also yeah. has hand pieces. And that works really, really well for tightening up the skin around those areas. Okay. Then you get into probably the most common one that we do is um, uh, I, I use a plasma machine for liposuction on the neck. Okay. And you can just do it awake. It takes about 45 minutes. You don't need to go sleep for it. And so you make a little tiny poke hole under each ear, little tiny poke hole under the chin. We do some liposuction in that area. And that the liposuction creates a channel that we put a plasma through. It's called the Renuvion or the J plasma. So uh, do you ever remember as a kid, those that live in Toronto, went to, if you ever went to the science center and yeah. the person puts their hand on the ball and all of a sudden their head goes up in the air and you can see the bolt of lightning going from yeah. one to the other. Yeah. That's what we're using. We're using that bolt of lightning. Okay. The bolt of lightning uh, has a controlled amount of heat that causes the bands that attach to the muscle to the skin to contract. And then that's where you get the skin tightening from. That works amazing. We do, for particularly for a lot of men that are, let's say they're in their, 50s that are just you know they're at work and you know you get the 20 year old you got to compete against down they don't want to retire but they they don't want their friends to know they had surgery but they still want to look good we do it all the time for that it's it's an amazing burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating they always have their customers in mind their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com What about face rollers? Like, can you roll it? Can you... Yeah, I would say, so, okay, face rollers with or without microneedling, I think is a great, interesting topic. So the, the let's talk about the rollers, the rollers without yeah. the needle part of it. There's the, yeah. I always forget the, um, there's a Chinese. Gua little Gua Yes, yeah. So think of those are more for lymphatic flow oh. as opposed to skin tightening. Okay. What you don't want to do with those, and they actually work pretty good. What you don't want to do with those is you don't want to push really hard with those jade stones and stuff, because if you push really hard, you can break little blood vessels. We call it telectantasia. You call it spider veins. Yeah. Um, so you can break little blood vessels around your eyes and on your cheeks, and they're very hard to get rid of potentially down the road. Okay. So don't push really hard. Just do gently on there. The rollers, like microneedling sort of started off as a little tiny roller, and you can get them anywhere from 0.1 to almost a centimeter deep, the roller. Um, so what the roller does by rolling your face, you shouldn't do it to yourself, but have it like an esthetician or somebody roll it. The microneedling creates um, little tiny channels and that you can then put topical over top if you want it, vitamin C creams and stuff, that'll penetrate into the skin. But the trauma of the microneedling will cause the collagen to reorganize itself, and that will cause the skin to tighten. When you add radio frequency to that, so you get into the scarlet, or we use the uh, the silfern for radio frequency microneedling. Now, you get the benefit of the microneedling, plus you get the benefit of the radio frequency, the skin tightening. So you're getting sort of double the bang for the buck. Oh, so okay, interesting. Uh, collagen. Let's talk about collagen. What do you think about collagen supplements, uh, creams, <coughs> products, like uh, adding collagen to your coffee that people are doing? That's a good one. I don't know how to answer that one. Um, I honestly got it. it. I need to do personally need to do more research on that one. But, I, but think of it this way. <clears throat> if you're going to drink, this is the way I look at it. If I'm going to drink a, a, a glass of collagen, and that's going to go into my, it's basically going to go into my stomach, get absorbed by my bile and, and everything else. Is that collagen going to get broken down 
into its, its physical parts. And is that going to be any better for me from eating, you know, regular diet and exercise? Or, you know what I mean? Like bone broth and stuff. There's other ways you can get yeah, it. Yeah, there's other ways yeah. to get it. I, I would think you don't, you don't want to rely on it as, I think you can use it as a supplement, yep. but I think, I don't think you want to rely on it as a, yep. um, a skincare thing, right? Yep. Sure. You can put, you can inject collagen and stuff into the skin. For sure. We do it all the time, yep. but I don't think like drinking it supplementally, I, it would, it, it may help for sure, but I, I wouldn't use it as my primary source. Yeah, like it can add up to the things that you're doing health and wellness wise. I got noticed I take it and I, my hair and skin and nails is different, but it's not going to, it's not going to do away with my wrinkles or do anything right. major. Okay. Um, what about, um, and we're going to get into crazy skin and cellulite. Maybe this is where it fits in. What about fat melting creams? What about, you know, I mean, I know it's tied to create, will, will a cream help with my crazy skin? Will a cream help with my cellulite? Can I put cream on yep. my freaking waddle neck to yep. help with any of that do they do those yeah i would say that um uh creams for fat melting i don't i, I don't i i can't even come across a cream that i think is gonna uh work well for fat melting i think you want to you want to avoid some of those because you don't really know what the chemicals and stuff that are in there are right kind okay. of thing yeah so enough. but there are some very good creams on the market for skin tightening. The one thing you have got to remember for skin tightening creams is everybody puts cream on and thinks, oh my God, they give it like four or five days. I don't see any difference. It sucks, right? And let's move yeah. on to the next cream. Yeah. Anytime you want to try cream, you got to give it a good three months uh, trial. Okay. And if you're looking, if you're looking for uh, some of the skin tightening creams, let's call it. They don't really tighten your skin. They really just sort of pump up your skin. But let's, if you're looking at those, if you give it a good six months, I've seen some phenomenal results for crepey skins with some like Elastin has a, a great product on. They have a Trihex technology. It's a very scientific based type thing, but I, I really find a lot of their body cream works pretty good, but you got to give it a good six months. What I know people are like, they're like, what's the name of that? Yeah, it's called Alastin. It's uh, A-L-A-S-T-I-N. I know I know the uh, guys from the company are going to give me crap if I spelt it wrong, but it's, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. If Ernie's listening, it's Alastin. It? Um, but it's it's a very, it's actually a very good, it's not cheap, but it's a good, um, it's a very good product for getting rid of fine lines and, and wrinkles and stuff like that. And, what, and the crepey skin, like you want your skin yes. Okay, yes. can we get this from you? Where do we get it? Where do we yeah, you can get it. Yeah, you can get it from us here. Yeah, you can totally get it from here at Hamam. We have, we carry it here. Okay. For sure. Yeah, okay. and you can only get, I don't think you can get it over the counter. I think it has to be at a, at a designated um, uh, doctor's office, like a dermatologist or a plastic surgeon kind of thing. And is this something new on the market with crepey skin? Because really up until this point, there hasn't been a lot that people can do about it. Yeah, there's been, a, this is, they're originally, I believe, from South Africa. Um, it was originally designed by a plastic surgeon that did a lot of work on wound healing. Okay. And, uh, and it wasn't really, it, the skincare line kind of came out of it uh, as part of the wound healing uh, for all skin ulcers and stuff like that. And then the skin uh, um, line sort of became a spinoff for that. And there's lots of things we do for, like last week, I, I did a, a, a group of women that had some creepiness under their arms. Or, you know, where you see a lot of now is, in particular in the summertime, people playing tennis, and they got that creepiness between their sort of their knee to the, where their tennis um, uh, skirt is. Yeah. We use, I use a lot of um, Sculptra, which is polyolactic acid. It's an injectable. I, I, uh, I helped them design their... Uh, sculpture buttock protocol for buttock enhancement with it but it's a stimulant it's a polyolactic acid it causes your own collagen to stimulate itself it's not like a filler and I do a lot of people like that like you put the cream on over top you use a sculpture underneath and that works really well for skin tightening in certain areas wow okay so there what I mean so there is stuff we can do about our crepey skin I'm so excited yes about that. why do we get it in the first place what's that about is it just like dry skin what is it yeah a lot of it a dry skin um uh, uh, fluctuating changes in weight loss, uh, things like that, for sure. As we age, everybody loses elasticity in their skin as we age. What about cellulite? This is a big one. I know I'm yes. going to wait till cellulite. almost the very end to talk about it, but we, yeah. we talk about cellulite. So, what is it? So Will it ever go cellulite, away? Sorry. 
Can we do? Sorry. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, so you have to remember that cellulite is structural, right? So cellulite's really caused by three things. It's caused by thin skin. It's caused by little fat uh, cells that get trapped between these bands. So what happens is here's your skin sitting here. You have these bands that kind of come down like this and they attach to the muscle. So if you think of the back of your hand, right? You can move the back of your hand around quite easily, but try to move the palm of your hand. You can't really move the palm of your hand around much because then you wouldn't be able to pick up objects, right? Yeah, okay. So it's these little bands that attach, just think of the bands attaching from the muscle to the skin. So, and those are what cause cellulite. So men generally don't get a lot of cellulite because their bands kind of go on angles. So they don't pull down directly. Women's bands tend to go more sort of parallel with each other up and down. So as the band pulls down and shortens, little bits of fat get stuck up between the thin skin and that's where you get the waviness from it. So you have to address the skin, you have to address the fat and you have to address the bands. So there's lots of machines on the market we've used in the past as cellulase, it's a little laser that goes under the skin. It breaks the bands, the laser melts the fat and the laser causes the temperature of the laser causes the collagen in the skin to reorganize itself. Mm, okay. So that can help with cellulite. Uh, a couple little tricks we do with um, just breaking of the bands, uh, but cellulite's a really hard problem to fix. And it really has nothing to do with diet and exercise. Like you can go to the gym till the cows come home, not necessarily gonna get rid of your cellulite. But I know I, fat losing weight definitely helps. That probably has to do with the fat part of it. But at the end of the day, right. you know, it's a structural issue. Um, and you're, it's like, there's no miracle cream you can throw on your- No, 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 we can break the bands. Um, so let's say if we're doing, um, if we're doing some, uh, you know, buttock augmentation, let's say we'll break the bands to help get rid of the cellulite and then create that whatever shape we're looking to create. Okay, well, that's boo. Uh, well, I mean, it's good that there's things you can do, but it'd be nice if some creams or what about those rollers? Can't you roll your cellulite away? Uh, well, you know, those, the rollers, the, the, the thing with the rollers is the rollers just really repositioning the fluid inside your okay. leg, right? Yeah. So it kind of looks like the cellulite's gone. I mean, listen, if you're, if you, you're going out somewhere and, and you're worried about it, you can roll your legs. Just don't roll it really hard and create a bunch of uh, spider veins, right? So roll it gently. Right, yeah. get the the water distribution move around, and you know, 20, 30 minutes later down the road, the cellulite will come back. But at least you got twenty minutes of reprieve. <laughs> okay, amazing. Uh, a couple of questions: ask moles and skin tags. I want to come and see you. I got like this one right here. I got sure. some starting on my face before. My mom says I need to take care of them now before they grow. They're going to keep growing. Why do we get them? Right. What can we do? Skin tags? Can I just wrap some string around this and pull it tight? And I know my yeah. mom do that back in the day can i get my own scissors cut it off what can i do how why are they yeah, about yeah so nobody really knows why we get them but they certainly you get more and more as you age right yeah. the moles are really just a cluster of cells that form in a certain area skin tags the theory behind skin tags is a lot of um uh, ongoing theory is is irritation and rubbing so if you've got something a scarf or something that's rubbing on your leg on your neck sorry for long periods of time that potential are under your arms, that potentially can cause skin tags. Yeah. Um, you don't really, I mean, you know, the old thing is your mother tie a little string around it and pull it, you know, as a physician, I'm not supposed to tell you to do that, but it, you know, they don't, they don't make them go away. Um, the problem is when you do that, you leave the base behind and it just regrows, right? Okay. So you can, you can burn them off like with nitrogen, you can cut them out, you can cauterize them in a little machine. You just got to be careful sometimes with the cauterization is um, the cauterization will kill it. Like you're just like a little heat sort of stick will burn it. But sometimes it'll leave the dermis, the white layer of your skin exposed. And sometimes you can be left with a little white dot there yeah. as opposed to the skin tag. So, um, uh, but we can, we snip them off all the time. Okay. Um, what about rosacea, eczema, you know, besides cleaning up diet, we talked to a naturopath about, you know, internally, like, like food sensitivities and digestive issues and stuff like that. What about actual creams and stuff that you can put on to help? Yeah, so there's been some, some new thinking, you know, new, when I say new, and probably in the last five years around rosacea, that there is an underlying vascularity to it. So it's an underlying issue with some blood vessels. And you see it all like melasma and 
And, uh, you know, in North America, women are, and men for that can get it on the left side of their face, you know, because we drive on that side. Yeah. Australia, they tend to get it on the other side of your face kind of thing. So you need to, one is you need to um, use some good sunscreen for sure, 100%. That'll help with it. Um, we use a lot of a combination of a lot of different things. Some good sunscreens, um, vitamin C helps with uh, melasma. We've been finding that our um, sulfur and microneedling has actually been helping with the vascularity underneath the skin. And that's been helping a lot with melasma. We've got a laser called the Pico laser that you can use on all skin types. And that has been helping to sort of pull the melasma up to the surface. But it's it's a it's like getting your hair dyed. Like it's a treatment you you gotta you gotta live with and you've got to be able to um, take care of it on an ongoing basis. You can't just do a treatment. No, if somebody tells you, listen, you just do this treatment, your melasma is gone, then that's smoke and mirrors. It's it's a treatment that you need to do on a continual basis. Okay, so like uh, rosacea, eczema, stuff like that, that's sort of more like you should be working maybe with a dermatologist. Yeah, yeah, I would say good dermatologist skincare. I mean, we can take care of the basic stuff here. If you yeah. start getting into really complicated things, like I'm a surgeon, I'm not a smart doctor. So I would say you need a, you need a, you need somebody with some more brain power than I have, like a good dermatologist that can take care of all that stuff for you for sure. So what do you, uh, you make me laugh. Um, puffiness under the eyes. I, I know we're short on time. This is one of my last. Yes. Questions. And also hormones on effect of the changing skin, but puffiness under the eyes. Is there anything yeah. you can do with that? Especially if someone's lost weight, like sunken eyes, puffy eyes, what can we do? Yeah. So puffiness under the eyes. Oh my God. That's like, uh, puffiness under the eyes is something we see all the time. A couple things. So just really quickly, just now we're limited for time. One, Puffiness under the eyes, um, if you've got it for long periods of time and you're getting chronic headaches and you're getting uh, like a, a discharge from your nose, um, um, it, make sure that you rule out sinus infection because you okay. wouldn't believe how many times I see people come in and they're looking for surgery. They want to get rid of their lower eyelid bags. And, and some of it is really related to chronic sinus infection. Oh. And you take care of that and the bags are gone. Oh. Um, a lot of times when people don't want surgery, you can mask the bag. So we'll put fillers, hyaluronic acid fillers and stuff in their cheeks, in their tear trough to cover the bags. Yeah. And then the other one would be um, surgery. You can sometimes use little lasers under the skin to, to get rid of the bags. You can uh, physically cut out the bag like a blepharoplasty. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of things you can do depending on how bad your um, eye bags look. What about a cream? Do you know like one, like cream? Is there any cream that works that? Uh, there's a couple things on the market that you see them advertised and, and uh, uh, but they're only extremely temporary. Like if you're getting a picture done, you can put the cream on five minutes. It looks like your eyes are, oh, yeah, and then five that, minutes later, you're back magic, to being That like magic that. stuff or whatever. Yeah, the magic yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can put over top. It literally lasts five, 10 minutes. What about dark circles? Comes back. What about dark, dark circles? Dark circles. So a lot of things about dark circles. Um, you need to decide if dark circles are caused by shadowing effect or if dark circles are caused by blood vessels under the skin. Oh. Or if dark circles are caused by uh, somebody that's had an injectable that was done improperly, like somebody had their tear troughs injected with a, a product that didn't work well, you can get what's called a Tyndall effect. So, you know, when you look, you go to the ocean, you look down the, and, the, and the bottom of the ocean looks blue. You, it's just the way the sun goes through. So the sun penetrates your skin thinnest skin on your eyes, the lower eyelid. If you've got improper, a lot of product inside there, it bounces off the product and it comes back blue. So it's a Tyndall effect from, so you need to decide if it's blood vessels or it's shadowing. So sometimes we can shadowing. fill that air. Yeah, we can shadowing. fill this area in. So we just fill this little tear trough in with some hyaluronic acid fillers. It gets rid of the shadowing effect and that takes care of the darkness under the eye. Okay, but is, is there any cream that can help with under uh, dark circles? Yeah, um, SkinCeuticals has a pretty good EOX eye cream that works pretty well, and it's okay. it's specifically designed to be uh, less irritating because you you have to remember your eyelid skin is by far the thinnest skin in your body, so you don't want to rub it really hard, you don't want to push hard, and you want to be careful with some of the creams because some people can really react uh, with in that area. Okay, amazing. Um, I know we got to go, but first of all, I'm so excited that you spent time with us today. I could talk to you all day. Always uh, enjoyable. 
someone wants to find uh, a qualified doctor like yourself, how do, where do they start looking? How do they find, like we have people from 53 different countries, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I would say, look in, like if you're in Canada, just go to the Canadian Society of Plastic Surgery website or whatever country you're in, go to, the, uh, like if you're looking for a dermatologist or a plastic surgeon, let's say, go to that general website and then they'll find people in your area and like you can and then word of mouth is probably still by far the best yeah. here you can always find me here at a mom or on on our website um yeah. i'm always easy to be found yeah i'll put your details on on there and you know you offer sure. stuff i think you give you have price ranges and stuff like that too like yes you want to really um highlight that you get what you pay for like if there's one thing that you should not be cheaping out on it's your plastic surgery or anything that you're doing to your body especially your face and stuff like that um people should definitely compare so maybe if someone they find someone in their country they can head over to your website see what you offer you know what that yeah for sure do some comparison that kind of thing any red flags that people should keep an eye out for ask them how they deal with complications mm. if they don't have a clue how to deal with a complication or what are the complications that can happen? I yeah. mean, even with skincare, right? Like just ask them, say, listen, you know, if I put this on and, and I get irritated, what can I do? If yeah. somebody doesn't have a clue that that complication could potentially even exist, then I would say that's a bit of a red flag. Love that. That's a great tip. I don't want to go, but it's time to go. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to call you after this, or we're going to actually, I'm going to head to Europe and then I'm going to, we're back. I'm going to come see you. I want to talk Perfect. to you about all the different amazing topics we can talk about in the maintenance group. Um, yeah, 100%. Back, of course, um, with us. Um, we'll put his details on where to find him. You're also on Instagram and people can yes. follow you over there. Um, so thank you so much. I mean, my pleasure. I always so enjoy this. I know, but we are so grateful to have you. And I just, the fact that you take time for us, I just, I can't even with it. And just really, truly grateful. Anytime. Awesome. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Dr. Sean Rice, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, everyone have an amazing day and we'll talk to everyone later. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com